couple of Broadway cards perhaps, but even then, Blumstein would much rather just take the pot right here mm -hmm. and not go to a flop. Tortured Dan Ott. He said call? He did say call, and yeah, Dan Ott feels a lot better about it now. Dan Ott in position for another double up to get back into the thick of this. He pulls it through with the ace of diamonds here. He'll be up to 42 big blinds. And all of a sudden, happened pretty quickly. Could be anyone's game. Scott shoved in three straight hands. And now if Scott gets lucky, this time he can eliminate Dan Ott and win that money, win that bracelet, and take the title. Ace-deuce against the ace-eight at risk. Jack-six-five. Safe flop for the ace-eight. Dan Ott still paces uneasily. They check back with their corners. And Ott still a big favorite here to double up. 128 million chips waiting for Dan Ott to claim them. And a seven of hearts. So you see Blumstein's outs to win this title. Just the deuces. Dan Ott pacing uneasily, as is Blumstein. A deuce and a deuce only would get Scott Blumstein the main event title. The river card is the deuce! The river comes home! The deuce finally changed something on the river line. It is over here at the Rio. Scott Blumstein played nearly flawless poker when he had it and when he didn't. Collecting stack after stack on his way to collecting all the chips. Scott Blumstein is the 2017 world champion. haven't gotten into the future it is not the world series yet it's not october but it is the world series of poker and that's not even a double entendre today the dave joscow podcast good evening everybody it's going to be an unbelievable podcast totally different than ever done before and it's all coming up right now I say totally different because we have never talked about poker on this show before, I don't think. And uh, I brought in a very special guest this evening. Uh, please welcome to the show. He's been on before when we've talked about football and the Super Bowl and uh, other things we'll talk about in a second. Please welcome to the show my friend, David Schechter, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Move the mic closer to you. 
All right. So it's easier for you. Yeah, talk into the mic. Perfect. Kid. Anyway, yes, David Schechter coming back from Las Vegas from playing in the World Series of Poker. I like this. I like what we're doing. As soon as I was like, I wonder if he would do it. I was like, I mean, I know you've done the podcast before, but this was exciting. You know, you're the one. I didn't know the World Series of Poker was going on. I think a lot of, um, I think a lot of people did know, but I think a lot of people just had no idea it exists, which is funny because it's been getting more popular and more popular every year. But you, to- you when you told me you were leaving for Vegas that day when you were on your way out, I was like, I didn't understand. I didn't understand that you were truly participating in the World Series of Poker, and you were kind enough to ask me if I wanted to invest in your $10,000 buy-in. Good thing you didn't, because I didn't cash. Yeah, but still, I, I, I next year I'm, I'm definitely going in a piece. Now, the, guy, the clip that we just heard was Scott Blumstein, yes. who was maybe the ugliest guy <laughs> and the fattest person I've ever seen. It's tradition for poker players. A lot of, <laughs> lot of ugly right. poker players out there. There certainly are. Yeah, I would say you're probably one of the most handsomest poker players. Very low bar. Very low uh, bar. And that guy Pollock or Pollock, whatever. Wow, that, that guy was very handsome, handsome wow. fella. Yeah, he came in third, hey right? Yeah. Um, yep. It's funny. I, you know, I found myself completely uh, riveted with uh, watching it on television. They aired it on ESPN, and I found myself completely watching. I mean, I'm sitting there watching poker. This ba- is so back. Back, you know, even 15 years ago, they didn't have the whole card cams. So when they would broadcast the final table, the main event, it, you would literally be watching a bunch of guys sit around a table putting chips in the pot, and it was boring. You had no clue what was going on. You, you had no clue when someone made a good bluff or, or, or anything like that unless they showed their hands. So when they started revealing whole cards so everybody at home could see, that's when the casual fans started getting into it. That's an excellent point. And, Those whole cards are terrific. We were just saying and, and having the announcers... You know, um, you know, one of the announcers that does it on ESPN is kind of just a funny guy that even casual poker fans would like to listen to. He talks about his wife and silly things like that. But they, you know, now they have Antonio Esfandiari, who's a pro, who gives analysis, and it kind of gives the casual fan an understanding of what's going on in every hand, and I think it makes it more exciting for sure. And and they didn't always do it like this, where they had it live streaming on ESPN. It used to be that they would, you know, make the production you know, value very high and they would titrate it out over a long period of time where you would get once a week, an hour or two episodes. And this was one of the first years, I think they've done it before, but not many times where they were really live streaming every single hand. Yeah. So you could really, from the beginning or just at the end, like even because when you, you went in on the first day, even at the beginning they had, well, they would have a feature table, right? So at the beginning, you know, there are 7,500 people that play and just, they would pick one table with some interesting people on it to make it the feature table where you watch. What do they consider interesting people? You know, like people that they know from, I'm using air quotes here, poker celebrities or sometimes actual celebrities like Ray Romano plays it every year and Brad Garrett plays it every year. uh, There are a few you know, Don Cheadle plays, and, and sometimes they like having the actual celebrities on there, too. Sure, that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, that is exciting. I was just watching. Now I'm obsessed, so I was watching yeah. another poker show, yeah. which wasn't as uh, high class as yeah. this one, and Brad Garrett was on it. Right. And, uh, yeah, it is, uh, you know, it still worked. It wasn't as good as watching the World Series of Poker. It wasn't as slick, 
slickly produced, and they were just really giving a lot of shit. And there were also women playing. Yeah. What is that about? I know, I know. This what the f- fuck is that about <laughs> i know I, it's funny because i feel like the women that i've played with a lot of them really can get away with so many bluffs at the table everyone's like oh she's a girl she's never gonna bluff me and they turn that, out to be and like also really crazy. you don't want to stare at them too much because then you're like you could be like why are you staring at me right or like you want to tell them that they made a good fold they shouldn't be able to play it should be just like <laughs> tennis or golf they should have their own poker tournament it's unfair it's an unfair advantage <laughs> Well, it's, it's fun. You know, the cool thing about the World Series is anyone that has the money can buy in. So, you know, you get these really cool underdog stories. And if you watch the final table this year, there was a random old man from, you know, oh, uh, that outside guy, of Hess? London. Was that that yeah, guy? He was incredible. He was terrific. He, he was, was wearing the, uh, the, the, he was wearing the, uh, guys, uh, he was wearing the linen suit that I was planning on wearing at my birthday show. He was wearing like Joseph's Technicolor dream coat. He was wearing that and he was wearing the hat. And yeah, that's the kind of outfit I was looking to wear in my right. show until I found this girl that's going to give me the sequins jacket. I was just, I know we're getting right. It's funny. My podcast usually, when I have a guest, I usually start uh, in with like other stuff. But because we played the clip, I kind of wanted to get yeah. right into it because I was really riveted, you know? Yeah. And so the pe- so the last people at the table, it was Scott Blumstein. I have it here. Uh, Dan Ott, who came in second, and uh, the very uh, handsome Benjamin Pollock, who came in third. He's French? He's French, yeah. And the guy that came in sixth, I was actually friends with. Right. That's what you said. I was getting to But the John Hesp, he's 64 years old. It's very surprising how young all these guys are. You are as young as all these guys. Yes. There are guys that win it that are like 22 or 23. Why were the last seven people so young, except for this one dude? I think it's because the... When you're young, you don't have, you know, you're not working five days a week. You have time to just kind of sit online, play, you know, tens or even hundreds of thousands of hands. And those are, you know, the more hands you play, it's like anything in life. The better you get. You've seen situations before. So a lot of those young guys are the best guys there are. Whereas if you're a guy that actually has a job and goes to work every day, you're, you're not able to, uh, you're not able to compete on that same level because you're not seeing. I guess it makes sense. Hands. I guess I was just thinking, the way it is, like. Um the, you know, for years we would always see poker players were guys in their 40s and 50s, just yeah. the way it was, and they were disgusting, and that's, that's why I don't know what happened all of a sudden. Well, I have a feeling it has to do with online gaming. Yes, what happened and was... that is a young man's sport. It used to be kind of a CD set of people that played, and yeah. then, I can't remember exactly what year it was, I want to say 03 or 04 when Chris Moneymaker won, it was, it was the perfect storm. He had the perfect name, his last name was Chris Moneymaker. That's classic. He had qualified online for like $40 and then on his way to the final table he bad beat Phil Ivey in like a huge pot um, and he was just the everyman and then he was up against the perfect villain he was up against this guy Sammy Farha who's this like Lebanese guy who who has an unlit cigarette in his mouth every time he plays <laughs> and he's a stereotypical gambler and it, this guy was Chris Moneymaker was just a random accountant from Tennessee or something and so when he won it everyone was like wow this random Guy won it. He beat Phil Ivey. He beat the like scary, you know, Middle Eastern stereotypical gambler. And, you know, I can do it too, maybe. It always takes the one person to set the example where every, the floodgates open. Right. I remember in the re- most ridiculous of examples, Baba Bowie, back in the late 80s, auditioned to be an MTV VJ. Wow, I did not know that. Yeah. And so then everyone audition to be an empty VJ, including myself. And I made a tape and I sent it in and I called them and I'm like, did you, did you guys get my tape? And the funny thing is I called them and they picked up 
the person in charge like picked up, like which you could not do today. And she was like, "Oh well, we've been getting them ever since Baba Booey." Like, and it's funny that she's even calling them. Yeah. And this was in the eighties. Were you wearing your white jeans? Uh, what do you mean? I've I've seen those pictures of you in the eighties. You have you have oh. white jeans. <laughs> uh, no, I think I had faded blue, like like turquoise jeans, or or I think I might have even been wearing shorts and having a beach ball because I was wow. trying to be fun loving Dave Justin. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> I didn't know what was cool. I was just trying to be a VJ. I wanted to do anything that was on television. Yeah. But it's so funny. She said, we've been getting so many entries after the Howard Stern show. Uh, we don't know what to do. So have patience. I never heard from them again, which is weird. It's coming. That call's coming. Uh, what's just... funny, I was actually on... I got to be on one of the shows. Um, my friend, um, this guy, Eric Palladino, was a VJ. He's an actor. And then uh, Don Jameson was the producer, so he, he works with, uh, you don't know any of these names. The, the way you're giving me names to names I've never heard of people yeah. before, I'm giving you names now, but my audience knows that he works with um, uh, Jim Florentine, uh, Jameson. They had the uh, that heavy metal show well, on uh, VH1. It's funny, sometimes it makes me angry how successful these guys got from just like literally introducing music videos. Like Carson Daly, you know, what Carson skill Daly, did he God, have? I he, mean, he, uh, he Nothing. turned that into an, just an incredible it's career. Unbelievable. He's, he is the host of the Today Show. He's the host point, of everything. You know? He doesn't. I mean, I'm yeah, sure he's, he's on a nice NBC. Guy, no, he's not actually. Uh, he because uh, you know, uh, he's a weirdo. Um, you ever watch that show with him and Jenny McCarthy where they had like a hundred men that Jenny that a woman was trying to date and they had to answer some question? You ever saw that? No. It was Jenny McCarthy and Carson Daly, and Jenny McCarthy always looked incredible. Yeah, and it was on MTV. Incredible. Oh yes, I'm sorry. I didn't know it was the MTV one. Yes. I do. I didn't know that was Carson Daly. Who did it? But Carson Daly is on NBC all night long. I know. So he hosts The Voice, remember, right? So let's say that ends at 10 or 11 o'clock. How easy is that job, by the way? It's it's fantastic. It's a dream, and that's why he's an idiot if he would ever leave. But I don't think he has any plans. He's very smart. Right. That's fact. He's not like Gilbert Gottfried who blew the Aflac spokesman. Oh, right. You know about that story, right? Yes, of course, because he's – but he's a comic. So what are you going to do? Comics do that. They they talk out of line. I mean, you know me. I – I'm like that. I know, but if, if you had to deal with Affleck where they were paying you, I can't even imagine millions he of dollars. He wasn't bad mouthed. He literally just said the word like cunt or something. No, that's not what it was. He he made a joke right after the tsunami. Do you remember that? Yeah. He made it. He was some, it was something like, you know, oh, Japanese people are so advanced, they don't even go to the beach. The beach comes to them. And yeah. it was like right after. Yeah, but that's not so many, fair. That's what he does. That's his thing. He can't not be himself just because he has this Affleck job. We don't even know how lucrative it is. It's just a voiceover, and basically it just says, Affleck! So it's, there's really nothing else to say, but you can't ask Gilbert Godfrey to calm himself. He knows he's going to get other work. He was the parrot in Aladdin, for God's sakes. You know, yeah. He's been doing voiceover work for years. I don't think he's that uptight about it. His podcast is doing well, whatever. I think he survived. But Not as well as this podcast. No, of course. Obviously. I mean, you know how it is. But um, no, what I was saying was, uh, what was I saying? It was uh, Florence. Was, uh, Your boy's Paladino. Wait, 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 wait. I don't remember. It couldn't have been that important. Anyhow, um, oh, it's funny. Wait, now it's going to kill me. Uh, b- by the way, I-, I need to give a quick shout out to... Oh, wait. I know what it was. I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, go ahead. Go ahead. It-, it wasn't important. Okay. <laughs> I need to give a quick shout out to Dave Juskow's super fan, Steve Torelli, on Twitter, Aww. who is incredible. The pictures that he makes of you like doing the things. It's like, amazing. Like when you were telling the beach ball story, I'm picturing him making like a... a f- Whatever his beautiful art of you in like white jeans, short cut off shorts, holding a beach ball. <laughs> You're, that's like, true. I never. He's incredible. About that. So it shout out to Steve Torelli yeah. on Twitter. That guy's an absolute genius with all the art that he puts out. Great guy. Too. Respect. Really nice. Yes. And 
very nice. He was very nice about um, you know my cat. I'm still having trouble about that. Just a you know update. She's she's still hanging in, not eating that much, but she's still around and everything's cool for now. We'll see. Keeping abreast of the situation. Yeah. But I, uh, you know, I just I do go through bats of getting very upset. That's why I think that this like got a sty in my eye or something. From I was I didn't want to say anything about that. Yeah, no, I know. I, I don't know it. if that was the AIDS or what that was. <laughs> I know, you know, I, I know. It's it's not it's not gross though. It's just red, right? Right. right. Uh, but but I think were it's you, from crying? Were you thinking so? To all the listeners out there, we ran into a very attractive woman that J- Dave Jessica was shockingly friends with. <laughs> don't ask me how. And um, we were talking with her outside the. Uh, apartment and he was kind of working some game with her when you were doing that were you a little bit worried about the sty in your eye like were you worried oh, like she was looking at it no i didn't even think about it okay. because i don't think it's gross it's just red right it. it wasn't like, like austin powers you were like where you were like oh yeah no you know it's funny i wasn't thinking about it and normally i do um i don't know with her i just always feel comfortable for some reason even though I do. she's really pretty right you know yeah. she's over 60 are you serious i swear to god wow. she looks amazing right she was in the movie Trading Places. Really? Yes. What What was her role? I don't know. She. I mean, I know because she's. I see her in the movie, but I think she says, "Good morning, Mr. Valentine." Very attractive. <laughs> she woman. worked at Duke and Duke. Very attractive. <laughs> yeah, I know. She's really, really pretty. A little insane, but yeah. really, really pretty. I just want to say, uh, going back to the poker thing. Yeah. You were friends with uh, not Anwar Sadat. Uh, <laughs> that guy's name. He made it pretty far. Oh, you were friends with this, uh, Brian Picol- Piccioli? Yeah. And he made it to seventh place? He got sixth place, I sixth think, place. for $1.6 million. And um, it was a really good story. I don't know if you like read anything about him, but last year, right after the World Series, his dad was going to like take the dogs for a walk and fell down just randomly in his kitchen and became a complete quadriplegic. So, and his dad was the one that had kind of gotten him into poker and, and started oh. him in it. And so there were all these stories about how his dad was like watching him from home and all this stuff. And oh, it was, he, he got great. really emotional. Brian, Brian got very emotional at the end and it was cool. You know, on the way over, we were talking, you were saying that one of the things he teaches you is about how patient you need to be, oh my God. which is super interesting because the way it used to work um, was they would only, you know, when they would televise the shows, they would only show the really cool hands because they only had an hour. So they're not going to show a hand where like, you know, a guy raises and everyone folds. That's boring. They're, so they're going to show like a crazy bluff or whatever. And, and for a casual poker fan who doesn't play a lot, you you know, these people think that you get hands like that all the time. And really, it's so rare that that happens where you get a huge hand or you make a huge bluff. You might make a huge bluff only two or three times in a day. So it, so I think um, people used to just give their chips away when they would play at the casino and stuff because they would see it on TV that these people were bluffing all the time. And so I think it was interesting this year that you actually saw that a lot of the times people are just folding. Well, you got me to start playing online, you know, yeah. even not with real money yet. Cause right. I'm, I have a gambling problem, so I got to be careful. Right. Um, I know you said you would teach me, which I kind of want to learn. Yeah. I, I don't think I can, you know, make money at it, but I do. It's, it is fun. But I notice again, like you said, with the patients like that, yeah. they get the hand. But I think I'm like, what? And then they yeah. fold. And I'm like, well, now that is patience because, you know, when I'm playing online, I'm like, fuck it, I'll just go and see what the call's going right. to be, you know, or whatever. Um, because I'm dying. Right. I, I, I want to play the right. hand. I want to see the hand. I want to be in it to win Maybe if it. you were playing for real money, you would. Yeah, then yeah. I guess I would be different. But yeah. I mean, you know, they were, they were throwing away hands that I thought for sure. Yeah. I, I, these guys know stuff, you know. It really, uh, God, I, I just can't believe, like you said, that whole card, the, the whole, the, what's it called? What do you call it? The card yeah. hole? The, yeah, the, the whole card cam. The whole card cam. You're so right. That is 
Where is it? Is it on this? They have to lift well, it up it, and then they it, show it? It used to be that there was a... Because I see these guys like lifting where yeah. they're not lifting it up enough. How do they see it? It used to be that there were little cameras in the side of the table. And then this year, I don't know if this was the first year, but this year there were actually like tiny RFID chips in the cards themselves. Oh, that, at the that's final so table. much easier. And so they, they would bring it over a sensor and then it would sense what... The, okay, I was going to say because it didn't seem fair that yeah. like somebody lifts it up and a lot of them wait mm-hmm. and we want to know immediately what they have. And right. I like that they put the percentages yes. up there and how it works and then the percentages change like every you know, right. second. Um, I, I, God, I don't know why. I was just completely mesmerized. And I remember also... When they had poker after dark for a while, like uh, about ten years yeah, ago, I guess that's coming back. By the way, it, I, I, I bet it is with the yeah. interest in this. But why all of a sudden? Well, actually, I read there was a scandal. Yes, and that was the issue of why it uh, left. Uh, yeah. Again, we, we were talking about Carson Daly. Uh, if I could just, he's on from eight to eleven on the voice. Then he's on that show at one thirty in the morning. He kept that show, which nobody watches after Seth Meyers, and then he's on the Today Show when you wake up. That's unbelievable. He's just a robot. He is on NBC for about seven hours a day. It's like, That's almost every day sometimes. It was like that old Simpsons joke where Dick Clark was like secretly oh, right, a robot. Right. <laughs> like that's, that's Carson Daly. Yeah. But he is the new Dick Clark. It's crazy. I and mean, Ryan Seacrest. It's unbelievable. I know. It's so annoying because like, Ryan Seacrest is so handsome and he like, hooks up with so many hot girls and he has the easiest job ever and makes a gazillion dollars. It's but like, there's something wrong with the way he hooks up with girls. It all seems... I, I don't think he's gay, but the way he... It's like the way I always talk about Leonardo DiCaprio yeah, and how he always hooks up with the exact same type all the time. I always think there's something to that. Now, meanwhile... And we're going to talk about this in a second. But maybe they just have a type because they're able to literally fuck whoever they want. Whereas uh, we just take what we get. Yes, maybe. But I have, I've been talking about this on the podcast for years. Uh, If I had, if I could fuck whoever I wanted, I'm pretty sure I would add some flavor into the mix. It wouldn't, I like the kind of girls Leonardo DiCaprio. Well, who wouldn't? But I like blondes, you know? And when I was going down my list of what we're going to talk about later, I noticed, oh my God, they're all similar. But if... There, there was no issue to who I could have sex with if I was him. I, I, I think I, I would definitely mix it up. Would you throw maybe. in like a fat, ugly girl every once in a while just, just for the sport of it? Or? Not ugly, but fat, sure. Okay. <laughs> just so like you have something to hold on to, like two handles. Well, you know? I don't know. You know, I just, I, I, I like uh, heavier girls. What, what do you like about it? I don't like, I like when they have, you know, that's, everybody knows my type. It's, it's uh-huh. more like, you know, it's a blonde, pretty face and uh, not thin. So what what is it about having sex or hooking up with a not not thin girl that you're very into? I, I don't know. I just don't care for thin. Right. You know, too right. thin is kind of gross. Right. Sometimes it is nice. You can maybe get it like, makes me feel better. You can get like a handful, a handful with each hand. Well, and I don't really like <laughs> use it as leverage. Well, I I don't I don't really get that. You know, I'm I'm when it comes to sex, I just you know I'm just you know I do it and then you right. know get something to eat. Understood. Understood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the patience thing with the World Series, very though. Very romantic. You know, it used to be that you only started with ten thousand chips, and then they went to thirty thousand. No, wait, wait. Now you have to do a ten thousand dollar buy-in. The buy-in, but is the ten- chips you say are more than the ten thousand. Well, it's, right? it's different. Everyone has the same buy-in, but they give you tournament chips which don't have a cash value, like which don't have a cash value. Yeah, like for example, after day one of the World Series, I started with fifty thousand chips. I had one hundred and thirty-five thousand chips after day one, and so my mom, who knew nothing about poker, was like, "Oh, you should cash out now." Yeah, but it doesn't work like that. that you, too. you have to outlast. 
X number of people. So it was like the, the top 1,000 people made it into the money. So you had to outlast 6,000 people, and then you were in the money. All right, so wait a second. Um, and but you, everybody gets the same amount of chips correct. for $10,000, which correct. is what? This year it was $50,000. Oh, you this get $50,000 in chips. Sorry, 50,000 chips, yes. Chips, right. Um, okay, and, so... And it was interesting because the blind started so low that... Uh, I'm sorry, what are the blinds? So the, I don't understand, the, and the, I only know it from... All I know about poker is from Casino Royale, which... Is Texas Hold'em, right? Yes. Because today you were talking to me about Oklahoma. Omaha, yeah. Omaha something. And I, I don't, I've never seen that game yeah. in my life. I don't know why. I don't play a lot of – well, I don't play any, obviously. Um, everyone knows how to play Texas Hold'em now, yeah. which is why, again, in Casino Royale in the James Bond movie, I talk about this all the time. Yeah. The fact this, – this I believe this to be the best James Bond movie there is. Yeah. Um, ever. The fact that – this director was able to make a, a poker game. James Bond played poker for a half hour. Interesting. Every time I watch it, it's a goddamn miracle. Right? Well, it's funny to me because as someone that is into poker, it's not, you know, in that scene, it's like someone has, you know, four of a kind and another guy has a full house. And then, and then James Bond has that, like a straight flush or la- something. The, the last scene is ridiculous right. a little bit. but So for me, it's like... But it works you know, That, that doesn't show me that James Bond has skill. It just shows me that he got lucky and picked up a hand. If a, a really good poker scene... I, don't, I know you don't watch this show, but Billions this year, there was a really good poker scene where... Um, the, the girl in the show at the, by the river, when all the cards were out, she only had like 10 high. And she somehow like figured out that a guy had a missed straight draw. The board was like 5-6, ace-king something. And she figured out that the other guy had seven eight for like a missed straight draw and called the guy with ten high. And to me, as a poker player, that's a good scene because that like really takes a lot of skill. Whereas James Bond is just picking up a straight flush. Yeah, I know, but I'm okay with you know I I don't mind it. And you're right. That's that. You know what? That's an excellent. You know, now you've kind of ruined it for me. Sorry, sorry. Uh, I but there was something. You know, it's funny when I first saw the movie and he takes out. I think it was a four five. And I'm like, I don't understand what's happening. Like, I have no idea yeah. what was happening. Like, he showed it, and I'm like, I still don't I can't add that fast, and I forgot the cards that were there. All I heard was he turned it over, and the audience started clapping, and I don't remember what happened. We're right in straight flush, um, which was way awesome. You just want to see him beat the villain, so it's okay. Yeah, but, um, again, for years, James Bond would play Baccarat. Yeah. That was the game he would play, and right. no one knows how that's played. Right. We all assume that you have to get to 11 instead of 21, I guess. Right. You're either the banker or the house, yeah. And nobody knows how that works, and that's what he'd play all the way up into Pierce Bronson well, shit. I definitely and think it's cooler for James Bond to play poker oh, because no. Baccarat takes no skill. Yeah, right, you're right. literally just, it's like flipping a coin, but you're getting slightly worse than but that's why it was, and that's But that's why Casino Royale is so kick-ass, because yeah. not only did they finally update it to something people know, but he loses, which is so different than any other James Bond. He yeah. loses his $10 million uh, because he got cocky, and he says it. And that never happened in James Bond. I yeah. mean, this is the best. And then, you know, she won't give him the money to buy in. I mean, this, this, They haven't even made a, a Bond like that since, where it's more real and human, even though the last part, yes, is r- ridiculous. Well, what do you think about Daniel Craig coming back to James Bond after he said that he would oh, rather, like... Idiot. They all do that. Sean Connery did that every time, and I love everything. You know, it doesn't matter. I mean, so, he did that after Thunderball, then, then he did it after... Well, then he proved so, it after uh, You Only Live Twice, but then he came back in Diamonds Are Forever, and then he came back and Never Say Never Again. It, this happens all the time. The only guy that got it was Roger Moore. Yeah. And then he only said... 
I'm going to do one more because I'm too old. Right. <laughs> Not because I hate the role. I'm like, this is silly. <laughs> like, um, you know, um, you're putting me together with Tanya Roberts, who's 20. You know, I'm already 55. Like Pierce or... Brosnan was doing that stuff as an older guy as well. And he was pretty old in some of the later ones he was in. Yeah, right? but I don't think he cared about being old. And he didn't he look... Just never I don't looked. think he was He's... as old as Roger Moore was. Right, I mean, Roger right. Moore was really beginning to, you know, look old. Right. View to a Kill is a mess in right. that sense. Uh, and, I, you know, but... Yeah, I don't. I don't think. I think Pierce Bronson wanted to do more. Yeah. Uh, and then they had a. No, I think they they asked him to leave. Right. Because they wanted to update it, which was so smart. Right. They updated it to more of a. But sometimes uh, it's Jason cool. Bourne. Sometimes it's cool with the old guy superheroes, basically. Like, uh, are you like, kidding? It's the greatest thing. Like that Sean, like Sean Connery in The Rock. It, oh, in the in The Rock. In The yeah. Rock. Oh no, no, you're absolutely right. I was just saying for for James Bond, they they. Yes they make him seem like he's younger so they're not playing the old which is why even though never say never again is my least favorite bond like i hate it i just hate that it exists but i remember seeing it in the movies and thinking it's not bad because they're making fun of him being old right and i like that at least they're addressing the it's situation good when movies are a little bit self-aware right they know and that they're that's, not taking themselves too seriously well that's what every roger moore one was and he admits that he's like and it's so you know because i have the you can see on my desk there i was yeah. reading all about the james bond and Roger Moore just died, so it's, he was like, well, why shouldn't I make fun of it? It's pretty fucked up that he's a secret agent, and yet wherever he goes, everyone knows his name. Right. Everyone knows, oh, you're James Bond for, from the uh, MI6. Yeah, so he's like, well, I'm going to work with that, that this is ridiculous, that everybody yeah. knows, and that's why he was always doing it kind of uh, right. tongue-in-cheek. Wait. But uh, also... What were you going to say? I was saying, so you're a fan of Daniel Craig coming back oh, to where we started. Oh, I'm a huge fan of Daniel okay. Craig. I think Daniel Craig is the best James Bond because Casino wow, Royale. the best ever. Yeah, the best ever. Wow, that's bold. Because Casino Royale is the best Bond movie in so many ways. It has the best Bond. Um, is that the one where he's starting at the, like, the construction site? Yes. Jumping around the building? Uh, yeah. What is that? Parkour? Parkour. 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 Yeah. Where they do that. Which, that seems incredible. I mean, look how they updated it. They did a parkour, which was hip. Texas Hold'em. I mean, look how that thing is updated to at least deal with, you know, where James Bond was living in the, what, the past. What did you, you know? think about his weird, like, girly bathing suit, though? Remember the I loved first it. scene? Like, when he, it's when like he comes so out of the tight. pool. I loved it because I was like, Jesus Christ, I got to start working out, right? So I'm like, I'm like I got to do something because, you know, he's older. I love that he's an older guy. He's not like a super young guy. Right. And they're also doing uh, a kind of a callback to Ursula Andrews coming out of the thing. I loved every bit of it. Wow. I loved the callback. I, I love that. The only thing that's really bad about that movie is when she goes, there's a high-stakes poker game, and we're putting you in. Uh, like, it, then it reminded me of Austin Powers. Right, right. Austin, we're putting you in the game. Like, it's like, you know, how do they get it? But then, when they meet, and I'm, I'm actually doing an entire podcast about Casino Royale soon. Okay. On a different podcast that I'm planning. And I'm sorry I'm talking about, but this is my show. In, in the sense of, this is what I do on my show. Yeah. I didn't mean it. It's like, it's my show, so relax. <laughs> um, when he meets the villain, Le Chiffre, um, he goes, he's fucking with the name already, just like Roger Moore had said. He goes, um, for James Bond, he's supposed to be Mr. Beach. He goes, oh, hello, Mr. Beach. Or is it Mr. Bond or whatever? Like he, like they fuck it when they first see him and stuff because they still fuck with that name. Like everybody knows who he is, but he explains why everybody knows. Anyway, and also in that one, it's really funny when he goes, he gets his assignment and um, what's her name? Ava Green's in the car. And she goes, well, what's my cover? And he goes, your name is Stephanie Broadchest. And she's like, no, it's not. And he's like holding it back. No, it is. <laughs> like they make fun of that, those yeah. names too, which is like way cool. Yeah, no, that, that little bit of self-awareness goes such a long way. Okay, but just back to poker. Yeah. 
Um, so I just want to hear about your story right now. Well, first of all, I have the ultimate question. Yeah. I'm watching the show. Uh, I get you're there for a long time. Mm-hmm. But these guys are have the ability to make $8 million. They're, there's the final seven. They all make a million. Yeah, everyone right? at the, fi- the final nine people. At, a, least at least make a million. million. Yes. Why don't they dress nicer? I don't know. I think they people want to be comfortable at the table. You're playing I get for that like 12 too. hours straight. I get that too. But right. Scott Blumstein looked ridiculous. He's yeah. wearing shorts that a guy like that should not be wearing. And the he polo looks, that was like too tight smells. The polo is too tight. And remember when he wins, he goes into the audience and they're basically taking off his shirt. And you can see him, if you look at the video, folks, pulling down his shirt. He's like, I don't want, I know this is going to be on ESPN. Right. I don't want to show my belly fat. <laughs> and he keep, keeps pulling it down. Why not wear something? He he's the top three. It's a great he, question. He's pretty much going to win. He knows going in, he has the best shot of winning. He has a seventy percent chance of winning Probably, yeah. against the two other guys because his bankroll was higher. Or does it change every time you go in? Is everybody staked no, evenly? No, you whatever you, you take end your bank the in, previous right? day is what okay. you start with. Yeah. So why not dress up? You know yeah. you're going to be on Sports Center. I know he's only in his twenties. But for Christ's sakes, his parents are there. My mother would never let me wear that and outfit. And not only that, if you do win, the, the the picture of you when you win, like holding the bracelet, gets put turned into a gigantic poster, and they put it up at the Rio. Which yeah, he is looks the horrible, right? He's in that stupid so, polo so shirt. Ever, when you play the World Series at the Rio, all across the room, just like when you go to Madison Square Garden, you see you know the Rangers banners and stuff like that. They have a poster of every winner of the main event that is that they put up every single year. So you in that outfit is going to be up every single year from now until who knows. It's an embarrassment. Yeah. And they're all dressed with heart. Well, there were a couple guys, like that guy um, who was wearing the glasses, uh, so, uh, the Arabian guy or yeah. something. What's his name? Uh, I have his name here. Mm. Uh, like he was at least dressed a little better. Uh, right. Damien Salas. Oh, yes. Yes, the Argentinian He looked guy. way cool. You know, he was wearing those glasses. He, was, he looked like he wasn't a good poker player, but... Uh, he was at least dressed a little better, but I again I don't understand why these guys dress like that. Yeah, if they're gonna, they know they're going to be on television, and they know that they're possibly, like you said, going to be on a giant poster, yeah. and they're going to make eight million dollars by clothing. It's funny when you actually play in the tournament, you see some guys are wearing like Superman outfits, some guys are in bathrobes. Like it's a very bizarre. I get a subset of people that question play. about that too. I was yeah. always surprised when I started watching the poker after dark yeah. that guys are allowed to wear sunglasses. Mm. It feels like that should be illegal. Uh, why is there no law against that? Um, I mean, it doesn't. People think that they give away tells with their eyes, like exactly. You know, there, there. You know, there, there's a famous guy, Mike Carroll, who wrote a book about poker tells. Who said that you know, if you're looking at a guy and as soon as he sees the flop, like he. Like, his eyeballs move down to look at his chip stack. That means he has a pretty good hand. He's immediately thinking about putting chips in the pot and the chips in front of him. And and so I think people wear sunglasses to kind of hide the tells as much as they can. Um, and, I know, but it seems un, un, unfair. Well, I guess since everyone can do it, you know, it's not necessarily And unfair. what about, I see a lot of guys wearing headphones. Um, yeah, why would they do that? I think it's because it gets so it gets boring when you're playing for so many hours and you have to fold so many hands. You have to be so patient that people listen to music to like keep them calm. Or if you get really unlucky, you don't want to get you know go on tilt and just start playing every hand and you know going crazy. So some, I think some people do it to calm them down. But it, I think I prefer playing without headphones because I think you learn stuff when you're hearing what people are saying at yeah, the table. Yeah, I, I, I um, agree. I think I think there's 
a whole bunch of other advantages to have without wearing sunglasses yeah. and without listening to music. I think you're missing, and that, that's why I guess all the people at that seven table weren't listening to music right. or whatever. But I guess they're not against it, or do the te- television cameras ask them not to yeah, I use think, that? I think at the final table you're not allowed to. That makes sense. Yeah. That seems fair. Yeah, it's just, and let me tell you, when we were playing that clip, yeah, I, I couldn't believe how exciting. It got when people go all in, yeah, and then they just get out of their chairs, and the crowd goes crazy, yeah. Uh, that's so entertaining, yeah. And they and they got the dealer to like he does it just like so there's slowly, a timed yeah. thing, and and they were talking about how the dealers are so important too. There was that female dealer that mm-hmm. they were using, and a, and another dude. Mm-hmm. I guess it was only two dealers for the finals, or they use more than one. I think the players throughout, the, you know, there are a lot of events in the World Series, and the players kind of vote on which dealers are the oh, best they dealers. Vote? That's and interesting. these are like traveling dealers, like they go all around the world dealing at these poker tournaments. It's kind of that's got to be tough too for them. It's for some people, it's a cool lifestyle because you you get to see the world. You don't you know you don't have, you're not, you don't have to pay rent at at an apartment. You know you're constantly moving different places and they're paying for, for where you're staying. Oh. And it's kind of a, a way to see the world. Um, what do they make? They, I don't know exactly what they make, but it's not, it's because not again, money. in the, in Casino Royale, yeah. <laughs> he gives the, the dealer like a, a million dollar chip. Yeah. Uh, does that ever happen? It's common in not ca- here when you're making eight million, well, but you in know cash he, he won 140 million in, in the cash movie. games where where not tournaments, but in cash games, it's customary if you win a, a huge pot or something, you tip the dealer for just sure, just like you would at Atlantic City for a blackjack exactly. game or something. But uh, exactly, so they get tips and they make a salary, and they make a salary, and also usually the winner. Uh, once you cash out, I, I did cash in a 1K event, and when you go to the the window to pick up whatever you cashed for, they ask you, do you want to give like some amount of money to like a dealer pool, where the dealers split all the oh, all the money? Did you? Because so then I it's after the I fact, so why bother? I didn't cash You're never out for see a lot, them again. But, <laughs> you know, if if you win, let's say you win an event for like a hundred K and you don't tip anything, you know, it's kind of talked about and known in the poker world. Oh, I see. It's okay. kind of like. A cheapo. Yeah, well, that's the way I'd do it. Yeah, yeah. Because I'd like to be talked about in the poker community as a cheapo. Exactly. At least they're talking about you. Yeah, that's what I would say. Yeah. I'm like, well, at least you're talking about it. Like, well, and then, of course, then you don't do it again, and then yeah. it's a cheap Jew all of a sudden. Ooh. And then it just gets worse and worse. Right. So anyway, that Blumstein guy, he's Hebrew, right? Yeah, I assume. But it's interesting. You start with so many chips, 50000 this year, and the blinds are so low and there's so much play that going into it, I told myself, all right, just don't, you know, don't lose on the first day. Just play small pots unless you make it. Well, wait, answer. I want to hear yeah. about the blinds. But first, what are the blinds? That's what we... The blind, oh, yeah, the blinds are two forced bets. There's a small blind and a big blind. So the, the first level of blinds in the World Series was uh, 175 and 150. $75. $75. 150 chips. Remember, oh, you so, have 50,000 okay. chips. So, I mean, so, the, to, to so see there's always, at the table, there's always six people. There's always nine people. Oh, there's so, nine people, and some each time, there's a small two blind people and a have blind. to put in a big blind and a small right. blind. Okay. And to so, start the pot going. Exactly. And so if you want to, uh, during the first level of the tournament, if you want to see a flop, meaning the first three cards, you have to at least match the big blind, which is 150. So it's going to cost oh. you 150 chips to even see the flop. Wait, 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 wait. See, that's what I'm asking when I say I always want to play that, Let, let's so say you have seven. Let's say you have seven eight of hearts. Which so you is, don't have to put in blind. Let's say you have seven eight of hearts and you're in middle position. You, you, no wait, two, but before you get your cards, don't you have to put in the blinds? Only the two people that are the blinds have to put in the blinds. Oh, later in the tournament, there are antes where everyone also has to put in some small amount to the pot as an ante, which is a separate thing from the blinds as oh, well. Oh gosh, um, but confused. that just gives you something to win. So like if you raise. 
uh, and you win the antis and the blinds. That way, even if everyone folds, you're winning the big blind, the small blind, plus everyone's ante. Um, it forces you to play hands. So if 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 I'm if it's not my turn to put in the blinds, yeah, two people put in the blinds. Yeah, the money's in there. So 150 plus 75. So if they just call, then you can you can see the flop, but it's going to cost you 150 chips. But usually, most people don't just call; they raise. And they oh, usu- that's what I was going to say. They, they raise, u- then you have to raise as well if you want to see the flop between like two and a half and three times the blind. So let's say if at 75, 150, people were raising to 400 chips. So just to see a flop, it costs 400 chips. Oh, oh, okay. I was but, gonna the way you were saying yeah. it. It sounded like you could see the flop by just putting matching the blinds. But you if somebody raises, right. you Most can't the see the flop right. if you don't right. pay the raise. Exactly. But okay. even even That's where 400 chips when you start with 50,000 is such a small amount that in order to lose on the very first day where the blinds are low, you have to get involved in some like huge pot. So I was telling myself the whole time I was coming to Vegas, I was like, listen, I'm, you know, I'm buying into the tournament. I'm coming all the way here. You know, I don't want to lose in like the first level or two. By the way, you know, every 2 hours the blinds go up. So then it's like 100, 200, and then it's like 200, 400. So by the time you're at the final table, the blinds are like 500,000 a million. Oh my god! So you have to keep accumulating chips, or else you're out. So you wait. You go to Vegas. I go to Vegas, and and there's a room with everyone. Well, there's so there's so many people that there are three first days. Oh right, because they cannot they cannot fit everybody. But you are you already scheduled in. You paid your money, and I mean I'm I'm playing the second day. All right, so I get, I get there. It's the second day. Get to my table. There, you know, there, there's one or two fish, but most people kind of knew what they were doing. And I was just, you know, playing calm, not playing like huge hands, um, you know, hovering around my 50,000, just, you know, which was my plan. I, I you know, I, there was no need to play a huge potlet at the very beginning. Then in level three, a hand came up where a guy raised an early position to like, let's say the blinds. When you say level three, that means the it's third level six of the hours later because the blinds? Right, the third level. Do you, do you take breaks in between these two every, hours? Yes, every level you get a 15-minute break. So Just every a 15-minute break? Yes, and then there's a dinner Holy break. Holy yeah. shit. So wait, what time does it start in the morning? It starts at like 11, and you don't leave until like midnight. It's oh, so really you are brutal. there for almost 12 hours. It's a really brutal grind, yeah. But there is a dinner break, but yes. not a, like a lunch break. You have to right. prepare ahead of time. Exactly. You got to bring beef jerky or whatever. Wow. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. So, so you're on level three. Okay. So here's a hand. Let, I, I forget exactly what the blinds were, but something like 200, 400. So I think a guy in early position raised to 1,000, 1,000 chips, so two and a half times the blinds. Oh, what, what's your cards? Okay. I'll, I'll tell you because oh, okay. I don't look at the cards until I get them. Then it, fo- it folds to a guy in the button. The button is, is the guy right before the small blind, and he has the best position at the table. The, he, the button means he's the dealer, or the, the, dealer he's the first guy? It's right, the dealer okay. button. So if you're playing a home game, you move the dealer button around, and, and whoever is the dealer button is actually dealing every hand. Okay. But when you're, at, when you're at a casino, the, the, there is right, a professional right, dealer. Right. But the good thing about having the dealer button is you get to act last on every street. So oh, it's, I it's thought a, it was the opposite. It's a huge okay. advantage because you get to see what everyone else does before right, you. Right, right. Okay. Okay, so a lot of people will play a lot of different hands – on the button that they can't play an early position because they get to act last. It's a huge advantage because if both guys miss the flop, you know, the first guy checks and the, the guy on the button bets. Yeah. Anyway, so the guy on the button raised like, let's say 3,000. And I look down and I have two red aces. Oh my God. So I'm like, all right, well, I don't want to play a big pot, but like now I have to because I have a really good hand. You yeah. Know? So I raised to like. That's like the best hand to get, right? Yes, that's the best hand. I had two aces. So I raised like uh, 10,000. You raised from re- three thousand to ten thousand. I re-re-raised a little over three times as bad. Does that <clears throat> see? That's the thing that I get yeah. worried. Like, does that make people wary? Like, where they're just going to fold, or is that is that it, too risky? Yeah, a lot uh, of times they right. A lot of times they will just fold. But um, I wanted if he had ace king or kings, I wanted I wanted him to potentially get it all in with kings. 
to get aces. Because if I just, let's say I just call there and the guy's kings, then it's a disaster because I should have taken his whole stack. Okay, go ahead. So I, so I make a 10,000, the first guy folds, and the button calls. And that's kind of surprising because it seems like, you know, if he has a good hand like kings, he's probably going to raise. And, when he uh, says calls, that means that's it? He shows his cards and that's the end? Like it's no, no, all he, in, he called the bet. Now now we both put in 10,000 chips oh. plus the guy with 1,000. Now there's 21,000 chips. So the there's only two guys playing right now, or three just guys. Just me. Now. Just me and the guy on the Oh, button. just you and the guy. Everybody else folded. And unfortunately, I have to act first on every street, which is a huge disadvantage. Oh, everybody else folded, though. Yes. Okay. The flop comes um, jack... Uh, six three. It's amazing that yeah. you remember all this. Jack six three rainbow, meaning all the cards were all different suits. Oh, okay. And I bet into him for like, I want to say eight or nine thousand chips. Wow. So about like you know a little less than half the pot, and he just calls. He calls again, meaning he, calls he has again. to put in he his money my too. Bet. He just okay. calls again. So, so now, are you panicked now? Well, I'm not panicked, but I'm trying to think in my mind. I'm like, what hand am I putting this guy yeah, this on? That he call you know he re-raised on the button and that could be a lot but then he called 10,000 chips so yeah. I'm thinking the types of hands he has are like ace king kings queens or jacks so I'm like oh man right. if he had two jacks he'd right. he has three of a kind already. for example if he re-raised threes he's not going to call my 10,000 chips so I'm, ar- I'm immediately narrowing his range down to something pretty strong and then when he just calls my bet I was like wow you know he there's a possibility that he has jacks yeah the turn comes uh, a nine of spades. So there's two spades on the board. Uh, so it's a jack nine, six, three with two spades. And okay. at this point, I just check because there's no point in betting because if he has a hand that's worse than me, he's probably going to fold. And if he has a hand that's better than me, I, I want to lose a, the fewest chips possible. Right, right. So I check to him and he bets like 10,000 chips. Or oh, something. shit. Yeah. So I just call. Because I'm, I'm trying to, again, control the size of the pot. That's a big thing in No Limit, control the size of the pot. And, but then kind of in my mind, I'm like, shit, like he really could have jacks here. And in the back of my mind also, I'm like, this, I'm doing exactly what I told myself I wouldn't do. I told myself, don't play a huge pot on the, in the first day. Now it's level three. You're, you're, you know, you have this but huge like pot. But you're already so invested in, in this. I know. So I just saw... So this just, is the discipline. I know. Which makes somebody a really great right. poker player. So I, because I don't know whether I... Actually, I would be in the place where I'm like, fuck this. I got to go for it all. I'm already in. Right. But a really good poker player would be like, no, it's time to fold. Right. Which I don't think I can handle. So anyway, so I just call in the river. comes another jack, a jack of spades. Oh, shit. And it's the third spade, too. So if he somehow picked up a flush draw, right, right, now, right. now he has a flush. So it's jack, jack, nine, six, three. I check to him, and he basically puts me all in for like 30 or oh, 40K more. Oh, fuck. So yeah. you go all in. He goes all in. Oh, he goes all in. And, right. Because you had more And tips. at that point, I can literally only beat a bluff. Because if he has kings or queens, he's just going to check behind to show his hand down. Because he knows that I can't call the worst hand. So I know he doesn't have kings or queens at that point because he would just check behind. So literally right. the only hand that I beat at that point is a bluff. And, and I'm th- you know, the jack in some ways it's a scary card because it, now if he has any jack in his hand, he beats me because right. he's three of a kind. Right. But at the same time, it's good because, I, you know, what jack what jacks does he have in his hand that he's going to raise to 3,000 and then call 10,000 chips? Right, like, right. At the random beginning, jack? right. He would only have one right. jack. He wouldn't have known. There was only one jack on the table right. at first. Right. right. So, and I have two aces in my hand, so it's not yeah. that likely that he has ace jack, right? Because I have the, like, the elimination of the ace. You know, Absolutely. Um, they're called blockers. And so like, does he really call me with like king jack or queen jack? Like That hand is just not strong enough. So I'm thinking, I'm like, man, this really doesn't make sense at all. But like, how does he get to the river? Like, what possible hand does he have? And if anything, actually, the jack was a good card because I was worried that he had two jacks in his hand. Right. So when the, the, the other jack comes, it makes it that much more unlikely that he has it. Exactly. So I'm thinking for like 10 minutes, I'm like thinking forever. 
And I'm like, man, like I and should. And if somehow this. you lost a four of a kind, you would have to say, what right. are you going to do? Right, like five hours into this, you know, ten day tournament. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I think forever, and I call, and he just had king queen. So he of clubs, he picked up a straight draw. So he had that, nothing. He had nothing. He had king high. He was he was bluffing. He was bluffing. A he, big bluff. He was bluffing. But what happened was uh, on the turn when the nine came. Now he he picked up a gut shot straight draw because a ten would have made him a straight nine oh. to jack queen king. So that was gave him enough equity to be able to bet. And Take then I think chance. and I think what happened was when the river came another jack, he knows my hand is pretty much face up at that point as like a high pair. And he was like, you know, this is the beginning of the tournament. This guy might be scared money because he put in $10,000. He might not want to lose at the beginning. Fuck it. I'm going to put it all in. Put them all in. Wow. It's scary. Scary board. There's three. There's two jacks out there. Now there's also three spades out there. And he's just not going to call. Um, so you wiped him I, out. So I wiped. I, he had a little bit more chips than me. But then I was up to like 100,000. Oh, he, I thought he went all in. He, he had more chips than me to start the hand, though. Because I was still around like fifty, sixty thousand. But but if he went all in, yeah, you but said I had he went fewer, all in. Let's say let's say someone has a hundred thousand dollars and goes all in, and you have ninety thousand dollars. You don't win his hundred; you only win his ninety, and he keeps the ten thousand that he has left. Okay. So anyway, so that was like a huge pot. That was like a very exciting, interesting pot. And you beat all six, all nine of those people at the table that day. No, it's not a shootout format. So when oh. let's say when when a guy busts from the table, you have an open seat. There, there's like a bit a card. The dealer yells out to like the tournament staff, like, "Oh, open seat on table, blah blah blah." And there's like a little card that says, you know, table, blah blah blah, seat, blah blah blah. And whatever table is breaking, they'll, you know, uh, they'll give the card to someone else, and then someone will move to your table. So the the, the open Why space is constantly that? being filled because they have an order of the tables that they break, like an order. You know, let's say table 200, 199, 198, 197, whatever. So if you're on table four, they're never going to break your table. They're always going to bring in people from the end tables to fill the open well, seat. I, I don't understand. How is that? Oh, I guess it doesn't matter. You're just taking... Yeah, but who wants to leave where they're playing? Well, you don't get a choice. The tournament director tells you to leave. So it's possible that you would just have to go to another exactly. table for the random... It's right. Although they haven't, but it ordered. doesn't matter because you take your chips. So it really doesn't exactly. matter who you're, but, but isn't there an unfair advantage and disadvantage in the sense that you recognize these guys you're playing with. And then all of a sudden you're like, Oh, I don't know yeah. this guy. I don't know this guy. That right. doesn't seem very fair. Right. Some, it is when you play with guys for hours, you know how they play. You yeah. know, you know when they're bluffing. So you if know, they move you, yeah, then you well, have how to is start. that fair? Well, sometimes it's good because you have a really tough table and you want to leave it. Sometimes it's bad because you have a good read on your table. Yeah. You feel like you have a good handle on the players. So it, you don't know whether it's going to be good or bad, but you hope that when you have a good table, you know, a table that with a bunch of guys that are so tough, how do you, you want move to, to the next day? Um, at the, at the, at the, how does it work if you don't, it's not elimination? At, so at, at the very end of the day, you know, at the end of the five levels, you play five levels a day. At the oh, end of the right. five levels, um, they say, you know, this is the last hand of the night or whatever, and everyone bags up their chips. So they give you a gigantic bag. You put all your chips in the bag and you seal it up. It's like a, you know, very a urine specimen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And you write, you know, your name, where, you know, the city you're from and the number of chips. And it's all like, they need to put online. So like before the second day, I knew what table I was at. I knew how many chips all the other guys. No, no, but how did you know you were going to the second day? Because I made it to the end of level five and I still had chips. Oh, that's all it takes. That's all it takes. Oh, that's great. So you don't, as oh, long as you still have chips, you, you, you're still in the tournament. So the, the, the second day was the next day or two days later? It was two days later. Cause right. Cause was, they had to finish off the first day, which is three exactly, days. Exactly. So two days later, yeah. you go and you told me you, Got out early. Yeah, it was sad. I ended the day, day one with like 130 something thousand. I was in like, you know, 200 something 
place out of the people that at I that left. point when you I was told me or maybe I saw it on yeah. Facebook I was very angry that I did not invest in your uh, yeah a lot of people <laughs> were but also it was funny because I just you know I kind of sometimes assume wrongly that people know as much about poker as I do yeah, you, so I said I said something like oh I put 135,000 chips in the bag and people literally thought I just won thought. that is exactly what I thought so that was pretty dumb of me because then people were like oh why are you bragging about all, all this money you're winning and I'm like no 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 I'm just saying you yeah, know, I'm I still alive in the tournament I absolutely you know, tournament chips yeah so that was a mistake so i came into day two i had 135,000 chips it was a ton of chips at the time and i felt good about it i researched my like all the people at my table none of them were like particularly you know noteworthy and then i got there and i had a hand where i had pocket jacks and a guy had pocket aces and it was like a young aggressive guy and i got it all in pre-flop for like 60,000 chips each which i should not have done and um, the board, the flop came nine queen king. So a t- any 10 or any of the t- either of the two jacks. So I picked up four outs. I picked up any 10 as well. Um, and he just had aces, but it, uh, it ran out like blank. So uh, I immediately dumped like half my stack in like the first two hours of the day. Oh, that sucks. It does it suck. And the I, first I, level of day two. Exactly. And I could have easily just called. Like I didn't need to. Were you, know, you uh, with him. completely just because, you know, you had to go all the way out to Vegas. Yeah. Were you completely distraught? Well, I wasn't just. Uh, I, I don't know. You know, I don't know how it works with you poker know, I, players. I think they. I've I've played for a long time. You yeah. know, in high stakes cash games and stuff. And any tournament or any cash game is a roller coaster. Like it's never just like if you invest in the stock market, the, the chart never just goes straight up. There's always, you know, peaks and valleys. Which is why everyone knew Madoff was a fraud, by the way, because his his returns were just a, a diagonal line that went straight up. Well, if they knew, how did he get away with it for so long? People like money, and he, you know, up yeah, until that point, people were people redeeming were, it. Yeah. Right. Uh, what did you do the rest of your time out there? You were already scheduled to be. I love that. Yeah. Uh, David went out there and he had, had a one way trip ticket because he wasn't sure how long he was going to well, stay. Well, if I busted the first day, I would have come back and not used up all the work days. But then, you know, I had been out there a couple days already. I busted in day two and there was a $1,000 event starting. It was the last tournament of the World Series. Oh, perfect. So I hopped into that one. And so you got I, to play more poker. I got to play more poker and I, I cashed in that tournament. I got super deep in that i got there were like 4500 entrants and i busted in 200 something at the place oh did um, you make any money while you were there yeah did you I, end up making money yes i made money on that tournament but the, actually the most money i made was uh the very first day i got there um you know i told you when i was coming i normally play omaha so i wanted to practice with no limit hold'em because i hadn't played it you know that recently um so i played a tournament at the venetian and my friend picked me up from the airport and i said come play this tournament at the venetian it was a 600 hundred dollar buy-in and he said, no, I don't want to play it. It's too expensive. And I said, just play it with me. You know, I know you're a good player. Whatever amount that you want to play for, I'll buy the rest. And the guy's like, all right, well, I want to risk $200. I don't want to risk 600 And one of his other friends wanted to buy $150 of him. So I'm like, okay, I'll pay. I'll take $250 of your $600. Yeah. The kid ended up winning the tournament for $37K. No way. Yeah. This is your friend? My buddy. That's so, unbelievable. Yeah, so I got 15000 of that $37K. Oh, sweet, Matt. So you won your money back for the, the, immediately, the investment so the, money. The first day of the trip, I was up $15,000. That's already. unbelievable. So that was incredible. That's amazing. See, I, I don't think I, – I would really like to play – and I like the fact that it takes a long time, but I, I don't know whether I could do it. You said you were going to teach just, me. Just I don't style know. teach you. You got to start at the low stakes. You know, the, the way you learn is just by playing, and it's fun too. Especially when you play live, and you, you know, it's a bunch of guys hanging out drinking beer. I mean, that's that's when it's the most fun. See, I don't like that. You don't like hanging. out? I don't people. like right. digging over your friends. Got I it. don't like. That's why. But if you're playing like for playing a low dealer, stakes or something, but if I'm playing in a, you know Atlantic City somewhere where I don't know anybody, maybe that's okay. Or maybe but if I it's don't like know you and Artie but... and your boy Steve Torelli and <laughs> you know that could be a maybe, fun game. Maybe. 
Um, yeah, you're an interesting guy because it's not just that you did the World Series of Poker, but you also were at the Olympics. The soggy were on television. That's why we yeah I went to the World Cup in Brazil. Yep, we all. It's dressed amazing. Up. You know, you really do. I feel you really do live life to the fullest. I, I try to. I try to find fun stuff to do. You know, yeah. if, if I don't plan fun things, I end up just sitting around doing nothing. And you so grew up in Manhattan here, right? No, I grew up in Los Angeles, actually. Oh, oh, Los yeah. Angeles. Uh, why do I think that you grew up in Manhattan for some reason? I don't know. You, I, I doesn't like your here. mother live here or something? Yeah, my, my, my oh, parents maybe were that's from Brooklyn. Why. Yeah. Maybe that, no, but don't they live here now? My mom does, yeah. Oh, okay. I think that's why I thought that. Right. You yeah. grew up in Los Angeles. That's why you're um, a, a, a Clippers fan. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and you all, but you. How's, how's your sports betting going? By the by the way, speaking of, I Clippers. stopped for the rest of the summer. Wow! But I got like seven hundred in the bank ready for football. Is this a known thing on the podcast, or sh- should we talk about why you stopped? Oh, there was no. It was just the summer, and got I it. was hoping to stop. I didn't want to. I was sick of betting every day, just on baseball. I was doing well with basketball. Thanks to you, you were helping right. me a lot. Um, well, you were on fire for a while. Yeah, yeah. So I was making really. You know, I was cashing in too. Yeah. Um, and it was really help. It's funny. I had to borrow some money, I think, from my mother because <laughs> I haven't been betting, so I wasn't getting my gambling money, oh, that's funny. which I guess was keeping me afloat because not just that, but also Atlantic City. I was winning the three-card poker yeah. and everything, so things were going well, and I guess I, I guess I ended up relying on it, which is like the worst thing you can do, relying right. on your gambling money. The worst thing you can do is expect to win. <laughs> you know, the, the, but was- I do expect to win. When I go down to Atlantic City on three-card poker, I expect to win. <laughs> But now, because I'm in a better place in sports gambling, I do expect to win. I feel yeah. like I don't have a system, but I feel like I've been betting enough that I don't go overboard. Yeah. Where, you know, I'm comfortable the way I've been doing it, like uh, just parlays and stuff like that, where I don't go crazy. That reminds me of a funny story. Um, My sister was in the Peace Corps in Paraguay and ended up marrying some random villager from Paraguay. And, you know, she wanted us to do like a male bonding thing. So my grandpa and I, we used to go to Atlantic City once a, you know, for like a day, once a summer. Um, And so we brought him with us and he had literally never seen a casino his entire life. And we sat down at Blackjack. And, you know, there's... You know, some people play perfectly by the book. Some people, you know, the dealer's showing a 10 and they have a 16 yeah, yeah, and they no, don't hit or whatever. People get angry at that kind of stuff. Right. I can never get mad at that. Right. I don't care. If somebody wants to bet the way they want to bet. Oh, who the I'm the opposite. I, get, I go on tilt because then it, like whatever card they pick would have been my card. Yeah, know? I know. But you can't. You got to let people play the way they play. Well, anyway, so this guy came with us and he was doing all the like stupid things like the dealer. Yeah, but was of course, like, he won 100,000. Right. He would hit right. on like 17 and get a three like like in the James Bond, like in Austin Powers or whatever. Yeah, right, right. And uh, <laughs> right. And, and he ended up winning, you know, yeah, sir, that's a, a couple 19, thousand bucks, right? which for him was like it's some, you know, a huge, huge, huge amount. Yeah. And I was like, li- that is literally the worst thing that could have ever happened yeah, to you. Right, right. That the first time you gamble, you win because yeah. now you think that that's going to happen every single time. I know, but I still um, feel good about it. I don't care. Yeah. I, I'm feeling in a good gambling mode. Um, also, uh, uh, what was I going to say? Uh, shit, I don't remember now. It was I had something about the gambling. Atlantic City, hey, hey. Do you ever play, you ever play Pi Gal in Atlantic City? Yeah, I like Pi Gal. I love but it. After I found three-card poker, I stopped playing it. No, Pi Gal for me is the, the absolute But three-card poker is the best game to play. No, Pi Gal is the best. No, because three-card poker... Every time you put your chips down, you have a chance to win a million dollars. Whereas Pi Gal, you still can only win what you play, what you put up. That's not true. 
that's not true. You you can bet the one dollar like envy square where if you get like a straight flush or something, you're getting paid eight thousand to one. Oh, is that right? Yes. Oh, if you bet that, that's it, new. Then and the that's cool new. no, that's been there. And the, the other thing is that if you bet five dollars or more on that square, so if, then you get equity in everyone else's hand. So if I bet five dollars in like the old that's Asian new. guy that's two doors new. down for me, I didn't know me, they didn't have that when I so used to play. So if I bet five guys. and the Asian guy two two seats down for me gets a straight flush, I'm getting paid on his straight flush. Oh, that's kind of cool. Not the same amount, but still, you know, like forty thousand dollars. All right, maybe I'll try that so again. That's fun. Listen, before we go, yeah, I want to talk about uh, wait, a, a topic. Yes, wait, one more pie gal thing. There's also a game <laughs> called Pie Gal Tiles. I've seen that. And I don't by know what the that way, is. there you'll to all of the listeners out there, I challenge you to send a picture to Dave Jusko of a white person playing Pie Gal Tiles because it does not exist. All Asian, right? It's completely yeah. incomprehensible. It makes no sense. They give you tiles. So like you try to play it and you're like, oh, cool, I have a dragon. They're like, sorry, you lost to a flower. <laughs> it's like, oh, but I have like the fireball. Sorry, you lost to like a tree. It. I want to learn to play it makes that no so sense. it looks like I know what I'm doing. I want to be the one white guy at the table right. who knows how it to play. It makes no sense. There's no explanation. There's no. It's unclear why like certain pictures beat other pictures and it's completely incomprehensible. You'll never learn how to play it. If you're a white guy, you cannot play. I, I tiles. cannot deny that I've been waiting to do like a TV series where it just has me um, playing Marjan, Marjan down in Chinatown, you know, at some random back right. place. <laughs> and is there a whole card camera? Or are we just watching you? You just, I, I, it's like, uh, it, it's like if people, like, uh, you know how like people think my life is interesting or sometimes or whatever? Sure. Like that would be the ultimate. Well, this guy, I mean, that would be right. the ultimate. This, this guy's unbelievable. I mean, Have you heard about it now in Scandinavia? Literally the most popular show on TV is this. It's called like slow TV where literally nothing happens. Like they'll put a camera in like a field where there are like cows migrating. And it's literally just put on that all day. There's no plot. There's nothing listen, going on. And it, people love it. People I wish just watch that we had a happen. camera in the lobby and I would watch that every day. The camera in the lobby. Because Work I lobby remember, or your apartment? No, lobby. here. Okay. The apartment. I remember there was a kid in Pennsylvania, in Philadelphia, I was visiting, and he had, he had that. And I used to watch the Lobby Channel all the time. And if there was like a hot girl coming up the elevator, would you try to run to the elevator to meet her? Or Yes, I would. Yes, I would. That camera, <laughs> by the way, would be incredibly entertaining at like 2 a.m. on a Saturday night. Yes, and you're it like, would. Who is this person bringing home? Oh, Especially, this guy brought home a, a transgender hooker. This guy brought home a you yeah, know, a, a Well, I guess that's why they or, don't have it. But still, I don't know why. What's the difference? Everybody well, knows everything that's going on here anyway. The, the doorman, they know everything. Speaking of which, yes. last week on this podcast, do you... You still... Oh, maybe you have to go. You have to go in like eight minutes. You have to go... Well, you have dinner let's talk eight. about this. Well, it's fine. All right, last week on this podcast, I wanted to spend actually more time on it, yeah. so maybe I'll, maybe I'll keep it till next week. Well, I also wanted to bring you on because you're a single fella. Okay. Right. And I brought up, who would you leave, uh, what, for us being men, yeah. or, uh, you know, boys, uh, uh, what female, pretty much actress or something, would you leave a night of passion for to see your hero? What man... Would you leave to see? And I had said, uh, maybe I had just used the quick example off the top of my head. Charlize Theron, she's here, and we have one night. She goes, I only have one night. I can do this. And then, you know, at the, at the time, it was like Roger Daltrey was playing downtown or something. Now, I wouldn't go leave for Roger Daltrey now. Right. Uh, 20 years ago, I, I probably would have. Right. And so that's the, that's the question. You are using people that are whatever. Uh, I don't know whether you thought about it. I, bought, I wrote down. Okay some actresses uh, where I'd have to question leaving for uh, Megan Fox. Uh, you cannot leave her no matter what. Well, that, yeah, but who, doesn't matter. But, okay, well, here's the question. 
let's say a friend called me and said, hey, I'm having dinner with Woody Allen tonight, and he just is in a great mood, and he wants to meet you, uh, and we're having dinner at this place, and he just wants to talk about movies and shit, and he's, he's just in a great mood. It's just three of us, me, my friend, and Woody Allen. Would I leave yeah, Megan tough. Fox for that? I, I, I think I would. I, it's Woody Allen, and if he's in a good mood. Now, if he didn't say he's in a good mood, he wants to talk. I know how Woody Allen is, so I'm not going to get anything out of him. Right. So it's the same thing like somebody asked me. I think, did you ask me about Rodney Dangerfield? Was that you? No. Somebody asked me about Rodney Dangerfield. And I would say, well, I know Rodney Dangerfield is kind of a, a dick. Right. Although I'd love to meet him and hang out with him any other day, I am not leaving Megan Fox to see Rodney Dangerfield. In fact, Rodney Dangerfield would give me nonstop shit exactly. for leaving Megan Fox. I would never yeah. leave that down, and then I'd be completely embarrassed. Yes. So that's somebody I wouldn't leave. Um, did you have somebody? You clearly you, you look like you well, had somebody in mind. I do think that there are certain women that, like Megan Fox, is a good example where it would just be hard for any you know to leave for anybody because it's you spend yeah. But your there whole must be and, an actor, musician, or somebody that you worship enough. Yeah, you've been waiting your whole life to meet. Whether it's a sports star. You know, I mean, what if it's would a, Barack Obama qualify for you? I, I, that's, you could talk about you know, anything. You that's could, the question. Would any like I, the the example I used before is like would I go down to meet Jimmy Carter? You know, I mean, that, that's yeah. the thing. Like, so Barack Obama, I, yeah, I think I would leave to meet <laughs> right. a president. I might even leave to see George Bush. I mean, yeah. he's horrible, but if you get a chance on a one-on-one or two-on-one conversation with a, a, a guy who was president of the United right. States. And George W. Bush would be a fun guy to go to dinner with. He's, right, he'd be a fun guy. Right. But and, and then it's just one of those things where you'd be like, yeah, I hung out with George Bush. Great guy, great guy. But, you heard but you're he, not going to get the insight yes. like with Woody Allen where I can ask questions about Annie Hall. Right, right. You know, I mean, that's more powerful for me. But excellent question, Barack Obama. Do I leave... Somebody like I wrote this like Julianne Ho, who uh, right. who I oh Ho Huff, I always call her Ho. Freudian um, slip there. Uh, where who I always talk about on this podcast is just so sexy and so hot. Yeah, or uh, I wrote these ones that Alice Eve, who I find very attractive. Uh, I don't know if you know her. She's on Star Trek, and she was in that one. Um, that movie was called Out of Your League. So, oh, that was a great movie. Yeah. In your in your fantasy about her, is she in her Star Trek attire? Uh, that little mini skirt. Yeah. Let's say yes. Okay. It doesn't really matter to me, but she's. We have a night together. But if she just shows up at dinner and she's just wearing like jeans and a sweatshirt. I mean, that's well, it not as exciting. Dinner, it's just. Uh, well, to me, it would still be. I'm not bringing her okay. with me. I have Got to it. leave her, and it's like this one night thing that's going. Like I'm like I got really lucky, and I talked it up, and she has a boyfriend maybe or something. But she's like, well, we can maybe do this this one time. Uh huh. I mean, maybe there'd be another time if you got lucky, but she probably won't even give you your number, you know, her number. What, <laughs> like, what, you can do it, but you can't call me again. What if you're hooking you know, up? like the girls do to Natterman. What if you're hooking Sorry. up with a woman who's, <laughs> let's say, like an eight on your one to ten scale? Like someone that you've really been wanting to hook up with for a really, really, really long time. And then you have a chance to go to dinner with, let's say, like the Star Trek woman. But sex is not guaranteed. Like, would you leave like a guaranteed sex act with the eight for a dinner with, let's say, your Star Trek, you know, no. Alice Eve, who you probably no. won't hook up? Okay. Right. No, right. You got no, to choose. No, I have too many girls that I don't hook up with, right. where I can not have that scenario right. happen like, again. Unless it's like Cheryl Crow or somebody who I like 
sexually and musically, uh-huh. uh, I might go to dinner with her, right. even though there's no sex, because I just love her. Right. See, that's a girl. So when I leave a girl to see another girl, that's not the question. The question is, what dude would you leave for? Do you have an example? You're saying well, I was you thinking would leave Barack, for Barack, Obama. Barack Obama would be one of them. And you're a big supporter. You were the one that helped me go to see Hamilton. Yes. Uh, because your friend put together that wonderful yes. fundraiser spe- where I got to see. And, and David, that is one of my great nights that I tell people. Was my a lot sister of fun. tells people. I mean, you hooked this great thing up. So not only can we see Hamilton. But we got to see a standing president yes. speak, and he was hilarious. He, gave he was amazing. Um, you know, he was already on his way out. It didn't matter. He finished his term. And he, I mean, the way he was, and, you know, if you listen to my podcast, I, you know, I could go either way with yeah. uh, Trump or whatever. But um, the way he was mocking the Republicans, it was terrific. It was great. It was great. And, and it, doing it so smartly that anybody, he was just like, I don't know why are they picking him on global warming. Yeah. It's, it's, it's it's science. It's a yeah. fact, and it was so funny. Yeah, and he was so he was just leaning on the podium. He was just casual. having such. And David, but, that was really one of my great nights, and it was and, so great that you were there, and a lot of our friends like Hannah, yeah, that was and Jeff Alexander, and yeah. it was just great to see our friends were all there. Uh, what a great night! And by the way, speaking of gambling and presidents, I don't know if I told you this: the largest bet I ever lost in my life was on this presidential election. I don't know if I told you this. I bet huge on Hillary to beat Trump. Did I you tell you this? Did, no. Oh my God. I, I, Dave, I can't even, this is embarrassing. I'm just going to, you know, for the seven people listening, you'll know this. <laughs> I lost 25 K. No way. Yes. You know, that's how me and Artie met the first time he I, lost on Mike Tyson. He bet all his 25 K. When he played Mike Buster Tyson. Douglas, when he yeah. fought Buster Douglas, when he lost. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I guess. And, and we talk about, that's what sent him down a downward spiral. Well, that might happen with Mayweather <laughs> and McGregor. A lot of people, a lot of actually. I'm going to go with, I'm going with McGregor. Wow. I'm going to, I'm going to make the bet. The guy doesn't it's, even box. It's plus $485. It so should be like what's... plus like 1500. The guy doesn't even box. It's literally not his sport. It's worth putting 50 bucks on. Yeah, you know? that's true. But anyway, on this Hillary thing, I'm like, man, I like every single website, you know, the New York Times and, you know, every media source is saying Trump is like almost drawing dead. Yeah. And like, I found this moron that I play poker with who will bet. And not only will he bet, he's going to bet me 10K. It was on my site. Yeah. I had, I had to lay him two and a half to one. So I had to bet 25K to win 10K, Uh, but I was trying to bet more and he he wasn't betting enough. What made you think she was going to win? Just that, uh, you know, every reputable polling agency. Yeah. You see, David, on this podcast. If you would listen to me, and I thought we had talked about this, yeah. I said Trump will probably win by a landslide. You did say that. I, I said I... it because all the polling places were 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 scammed by people who were leaving and lying. Right. And they it was were afraid so to admit to they were me. voting for Trump. Exactly. Yeah. Because, and I know this, I'm sorry, my cat's on the table. And I know this because I was afraid to say it. Yeah. That I was thinking about voting for right. Trump because everybody was in my face. People right. like my best friends, like Sarah Silverman well, and, and her manager who were in my face that I was even contemplating it. Well, so I, if, I said if there were people like me, which clearly there were, right. we were afraid to tell the people. At the law firm that we work at, um, I remember like the day or two after the election when everyone came back in, there was a whole group of like the secretaries in the office staff oh, who were kind of like cheering. And it was surprising because, you know— Oh, people. that we're cheering that he won. Yeah, and people oh, because there was the opposite yes, of people of who didn't even come into work. Right, that was me. But I just lost twenty five k. Well, so that's I earned it. That's a good reason. But, but people like me who live in the liberal bubble, like I was like, wow, you know, there are a lot of the, you know, a lot of people that are big supporters of him. And the only person I knew was my assistant. You know, I'm not going to name her name, but you know, who comes in every single day wearing the Make America Great Again is visor. She, is she a big fat person? <laughs> I'm doing the guy from. Uh, 
uh, Science of the Lambs. I like that. Oh, she's a, she's a big fat person. <laughs> well, yeah, she is um, a little heavy. Uh, what is Jodie Foster? What's the comeback she says? Uh, yes, sir. She is a. Uh, she uses like the politically correct term. Yeah. That's when you know something's up with that guy. You know? <laughs> and you're very anti-fat people. I've learned that oh, about yeah. you. Well, no. Only when they're dicks. Only when they break the toilet seat in yeah, the office. The, how that yeah. guy, in, in the, we know this guy, he's like 100,000 pounds and he breaks the porcelain toilet seat. That's insane. What is with this guy? But um, yeah, then right. You have your secretary going around with the, the, the hat yes. and, and, and the, 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 the two fat people in the office. So you knew. I should have listened to you. You're, you're killing all your sports betting. You know this stuff. Maybe I should bet, I had a, should I bet Conor McGregor now? now? I mean, you're telling me that that's the bet. No, that one... I'm just taking a stab at it. I don't know. I it makes sense to me that he just. I feel like he just um, has a plan. Uh, I don't know. You know, just getting a feeling that maybe it's going to happen. And I think Mayweather's a lot older, and I, don't, I think he's. You got to uh, give him credit for doing good press for it. They're they're really oh my god! I play everyone up. I play it on the uh, podcast all the time. Last week, you know, I played their press conference, and then I played the Rocky. Uh, Apollo press conference. Like I, I think all the uh, listeners should watch the fight. Oh, it, it, it is it pretty mad. Uh, it's end of August, right? Yeah, so August twenty six. After I mean, exactly at, where it is. you know first week in September, we should talk about that. Yeah, but I sure. like I like all the. Uh, I just keep like doing the imitation. Uh, Rocky, what are you gonna do with the money? Uh, uh, I'm gonna buy you know a couple of hats and uh, I'm gonna get like a gallon of perfume for Adrian. So Adrian, so she smells good, and um. Uh, you know, I'm gonna get what's that Muppet? Uh, what was that, Paulie? Uh, Kermit? Something? Well, okay, get Kermit for my for my kid. You know. What's you your know, favorite I, Rocky? Rocky One is my favorite okay. one because Classic. I can watch it over and over again. The story, the fact that he wrote it, the fact that he it's so real for him. Uh, I like Rocky. I, I like. I like all the Rockies. Yeah. Well, the, and the we one, were talking about this last week. Well, like the number five or whatever is no, bad. no, uh, one through four. I'm saying. Okay. It's amazing that this. I like guy, how you don't even consider five one of the Rockies. Uh, five or six. Is that what you do with like the Godfather? Like you don't even consider. I do not like, consider three. Right. Okay. It's only one and two. So yeah, one through four are amazing, and it's amazing that this guy was able to make four really fun movies. Yeah. Now nothing's like the first one because the first one's real, and the other ones are fun. Did, did you watch the new God? The new. Uh, Rocky, that like new one that came out like a year or two Rocky ago. Rocky Six, yeah, no, I didn't. Rocky Balboa, it's called. Yeah, yeah. Well, I didn't see that, and I didn't see Creed because um, I'm I'm over it. But Rocky One, up until the fight, which is uh, boring at this point. Yeah, I love the setup. Yeah, I mean, just the setup where he's poor and he's just in the streets, and it's so real. And you know where Mickey is mean to him, and then he comes. But he's like, uh, I didn't have a manager. He had a manager because I think that now it's like god if i had a manager maybe everything would be okay because he's saying if i had a manager everything would be all right i didn't have a manager that's what happened to me i didn't have a manager uh, i don't have no locker i don't have no locker plus i like when he i love that just the whole pace of it the there, pace even when he goes to thing and he thinks it's a sparring thing uh, i'm not gonna take any cheap shots you know i won't do that and he's like rocky i don't think you understand i'm giving you a chance at the title i'm trying to do that guy who's uh, yeah. doing it it's, it's amazing like, there's some like alchemy about that movie because there have been other fighter movies like The Fighter with a Mark Wahlberg movie yeah. or like Million Dollar Baby. Like those were good movies, but there's something about Rocky that you can't quite put your fingers on that makes, makes it a classic. Well, and again, that uh, formula, they've tried to repeat the it formula, yeah. and they have not been. Uh, again, it, it's one of the first. Right. Like, yeah, it, I mean, it was before Raging Bull and everything. So it's, a, it, it's one of the first uh, movies ever 
it's it and the reason why it's always good, it completely holds up in the state of boxing yeah. the uh, technical corruption in it uh, again the press conferences all that kind of stuff uh, completely holds up to this day and I don't think anybody had seen the inside world of boxing which again made it amazing the fact that they used this guy in it who wrote it, it you know th- there's just not another story like that and again I talked about this even last week. This Sylvester Stallone, who seems like the stupidest guy on the planet, is obviously so smart in, in a different way. Yeah. Because not only, I mean, here's Creed. Yeah. Last year. Right. Uh, I, I think he was nominated. Yes. Right. Okay. That was so, the whole controversy. Uh, was that, uh... Don't even get me started. The fact that he lost to some British faggot who was oh, in boy. some movie. They're not understanding. If they're giving away awards to people like Leonardo DiCaprio for crap because he has a Lifetime Achievement Award, and I like him, but he what, you don't win for The Revenant. You know, If they're giving away awards like this, then you give one to Sylvester Stallone, who no other supporting actor has ever done that, created the fucking role. The reason it's called Creed is because he invented the character of right. Creed. Right. You're not going to give it an honorary Oscar? Look how mad I'm getting. Here comes relax. the putter throw, listeners. Here comes I, the putter sorry, throw. I'm sorry. I get really upset about it. It drives me crazy. They give it to some British asshole in I don't know, what a bridge of spy, whatever the fucking piece of shit that is. And I'm sick of the British guys. At least I'm hoping that guy, when he was in, it was doing a British, being British. I, I'm sick of the British people winning, doing American accents. Uh. I am getting so fucking fed up. They tell me that fucking Spider-Man is British. And, and, and then that idiot Andrew Garfield is playing an American soldier and he's British and he's getting nominated. They're, it sucks. It's, and why are people complaining? If they're complaining about that, uh, you know, a black person, obviously you can't dress up like that, but a white guy can't play a Chinese guy. Remember, it's all acting. It's all acting. And if you can't do any of that, then why should a British guy be able to do an American accent? Yeah. Got to relax, right? It's ridiculous. Get really upset about that kind of stuff. That's why. By the way, you ever I love seen, Sylvester Stallone. You ever see? Tron- and remember, he also invented another American icon in Rambo. Yeah. Give him an award. I hear you. Did he win best screenplay for Rocky? Oh man, I don't, I don't think know. he did. It's good trivia. Uh, because the what, what was what was he against that year in seventies? Oh, all the presidents men. I no 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 because that won best picture. No. It didn't. I think he was up against it. I think he might have lost to Patty Chayefsky for Network, which is okay, which is acceptable. i got to look it up. Uh, good trivia for the listeners. Because Network, I don't think Not that one best picture. Not to be confused with picture. The Net, the Sandra Bullock movie. The Net. Right. Uh, no, definitely not to be confused with that. But he, um, I think he lost to somebody... Like, well, what are you going to do? I mean, this guy's a serious writer. You know, right. it's like the Aaron Sorkin of right. his time. You know? <laughs> um, which a guy in our office you, went to that award show. This guy, Maurice Bambach, I don't know if you were yes. around when he was there. Yeah. He went to that award show. Um, I'm looking it up now. <laughs> he went to the fucking award show because his client was Patty Chayefsky. Yeah. Wow. That's cool. I wish I had cool clients. You do. You will. One Here we day. go. Best picture, Rocky. Uh, best actor Peter Finch for Network. I was completely right. Oh, incredible. Uh, John Avildsen run for Rocky Best Director. Faye Dunaway won. So uh, uh, Network picked up everything is, else. Is Faye Dunaway in her prime one of the one of the people that you would leave for Woody Allen? It's a tough one. Uh, in her prime, 
maybe, and she wasn't even in her prime when she won for Network. Uh, all the president Pete were straight. Uh, the network just pulled it. So Patty Chayefsky beat Sylvester Stallone. What are you going to do? Wow. Network's amazing too. Yeah, completely deserving. So we could let that go. You know, it drives me crazy when somebody right. doesn't get what they the deserve. Bridge of Spies not deserving. And you, you heard it here first. Bridge uh, of Spies. And not the best on the adopted screenplay was All the President's Men, which was really terrific. Uh, you know, Carl Bernstein and Bob Woodward. Yeah, they didn't win for the screenplay, but it was. You know, by them. We might have a all the you know all the president's men part two with you know the whole Trump Russia situation. You never know. Uh, I guess I just want people to calm down. I can't. I, I stopped watching the Today Show. It's like it's a soap opera. Ever talk about we're it living anymore. in a soap opera now. Like all of a sudden, the news is like interesting. You know what's going to happen every day? What's Trump going to tweet? For me, I don't find it interesting anymore. I'm done. Oh well, when he tweets, it's exciting. Right. I just don't like the Russian thing anymore. Like I'm Trump appoints that. Session to be the Attorney General. That, that is then he doesn't like Sessions, and he starts like <laughs> shitting on him on Twitter every day. That's but, great. Like stuff. no matter what your political affiliation is, it's entertaining. Thank you for saying that. That's what I keep telling people, and they just don't see it that way. <laughs> They're just very nervous. And I, what I always say is, I want all the celebrities I know to shut up, because <laughs> um, for many reasons. Number one. Twitter used to be a place where people told jokes. Right. Now Sarah Silverman is just saying, it, Trump is Hitler. I'm like, I, I don't get the comedy in it. You know what I'm saying? I, right. I want Sarah to be funny again. Right. Um, I want Judd Apatow to be funny again. You like, want to make her lips look like a vagina and like do the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, where's like... that? Um, and then uh, I, I don't like when these celebrities who are rich yeah. uh, are complaining about our president when their lives aren't going to change from this being president right, at all. Right, Like, you can my complain because your life change. sucks. Exactly. Like, you and have my the right. life will change. You earn my, that right. My taxes might be changed or whatever, and it'll affect right. me. There's, It's not going to affect, so it's like, it, it's just worth, and people hate when celebrities chime in like that. Mm-hmm. I get, you know, saying your piece and all that stuff, but let's let's relax a little bit. You know, right. like, uh, right. you know, he's president now, so. Everyone's on edge. It's over, and you fucked up during the campaign. Right. By being a dick, and that's why I was rooting for Trump all election day, Wow! hoping he was going to shove it in their faces that he won, because when I saw that they were already celebrating, I mean, it was like, do you guys don't know history at all? You didn't see the Truman election with Dewey already? With, they were already celebrating at the Javits Center. You were like at the end of Fight Club. Like, you just wanted to see everything, like, burn. You I wanted, wanted to-, to see everything burn. I wanted to see all those people look stupid, like that dumb asshole on CNN, that like black guy. Like me losing my 25K. Well, I didn't yeah, want Van to see Jones, that. You mean? But, yeah, Van Jones, where yeah. he's crying, and then he's going, what about the children? I'm like, you sissy and a half, you're unbelievable. Yeah, when he and Jeffrey Lord were going out. Oh, my God. Them. And Van Jones, just, what, Van Jones? Yeah, I think he just looks stupid. He looks stupid. Well, a sore loser. And that was the, you know, it's, that's what everybody yeah. was. A big sore loser. It happened. It's, it's, it happened, you know. And again, I always just say, this is a really good thing. Because we are shaking up. Like he said, he's going to shake it up. He's not doing it the right way, but he's shaking it up. So the next guy comes in, maybe we'll see like, well, maybe I don't have to do things this way. I don't know. The, yeah. every, everything needed shaking up. We've been doing the exact same thing for 250 years. Things needed to shake up. We might need this guy. Well, hopefully he won't destroy it. This might be a talk for another podcast because yeah, I have a lot to right. say about this and I disagree. But, I know. I'm sorry. Um, the bottom line is all of a sudden we're living in a soap opera. It's entertaining. People want to read the news again. People are, are curious what's going on in the world. People actually are following what's going on in Congress. Like I've never seen that. Yeah. So at the bottom line, you know, at the very least... It's entertaining. I feel it's just like the um, Mrs. Robinson song, uh, you know, like uh, 
where he says going to the candidates debate and how important that was in the 60s where kids were finally you know going to stuff like that right. and taking an interest in politics where it was never like that well that's why they and say that it's kind of like that now yeah. it's like kids are taking no like all those um the people that didn't come to our office that day they're all like 22 year old kids they got very upset about right. the the election right uh you know myself it, included it hasn't so been like that really... in the very no you yeah. you lost money that's different got it. we all understand who are listening to the show uh, but yeah, it's a, it, this election seemed to bring out like it was in the 60s, uh, you know, when Kennedy, um, you know, got everybody interested, got the youth interested. It seemed like it was like that, where it hasn't been like that in a very yeah. long time. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. David, I know you got to go. Yes. I can't um, thank you enough. for I, I, I found this completely fascinating. Uh, you know, I don't know how the listeners feel. I, you know, I just, there's no way to tell. I, I find I am a new kind of poker person so um you know i, I don't know i uh well, next time you go to atlantic city i'll come with you me you and Artie, we'll uh we'll play some poker oh well that sounds like fun actually i think that'll be uh completely cool yeah actually uh playing poker could yeah i would i yeah, think we'll, i would like we'll that. play low stakes yeah low stakes yeah. i like that yeah no i'd like to try that i would definitely like to try that and I think I would probably win because I'm one of those crazy people that people will be like, well, he obviously doesn't have. And then it turns out I'm just betting like an idiot. So I think I will win the first couple until they realize I'm a jackass. Let's do it. So, Let's make it happen. <laughs> that's my big plan. Uh, David Schechter, thank you so much for coming on. Congratulations. Uh, I, I am looking forward to, in a few years, you making it to that final love table. To. And I will come out and completely support. I cannot wait And I will that. not wear a gross polo shirt. I promise Thank you, you that. No, you dress I will nice, look more so. handsome than Scott Blumstein, less <laughs> handsome than Ben Pollock, but yeah. more handsome than that fat, disgusting guy. That is the perfect way to yeah. put it. And uh, I'm a I, solid five. I believe you. <laughs> yeah. No, you're, you're better than that. You dress nicer. So. Thanks, pal. Uh, but no, um, I'm looking forward. Next year. Next year in Jerusalem. All righty. Uh, <laughs> all right. Thanks again. And now... Uh, I'll see everybody next week on the podcast. Uh, right, birthday show, August 8th at the Comedy Cellar and uh, Greece on September 12th. We'll see you next time.